going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie George Addis. Thank you so much for tuning into my show and to tonight's First Five. There is a famous statement that was made actually by someone in the Stalin era, one of the most evil men who was assisting Stalin in doing evil. His name was uh, Leventry uh, Beria, B-E-R-I-A. And the famous quote was, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. This was a just a horrifically evil man really wanting to do anything that had to be done to keep Stalin in power, to keep the people silent, to keep his challengers silent, to keep the, his oppressors silent, that, I mean, the people he was oppressing silent. And so I want to talk about what's happening in Washington uh, over this really last two years, but especially in the last few weeks, what has become more and more evident, which is this. There is an unrelenting determination by the American left to destroy President Trump. It's been happening already. Of course, we've talked about many times on this show, the Mueller investigation, the allegations about uh, things that, uh, you know, Mueller looking into Trump-Russia collusion, finding nothing. He goes on and on. He's going after different people. Well, the attitude has been spreading around now, and I want to play for you a clip. This is the woman who won the Democrat primary in the state of New York, not the U.S. Attorney's Office, the state attorney general in New York. This is a woman named Letitia James, who is now the New York Attorney General. Here was her view. in a This was a campaign ad urging people to vote for her in the Democrat primary to become the attorney general in New York. Here she is, Letitia James. I believe that this president is incompetent. I believe that this president is ill-equipped to serve in the highest office of this land. And I believe that he is an embarrassment to all that we stand for. He should be charged with obstructing justice. I believe that the president of these United States can be indicted for criminal offenses. We would join with law enforcement and other attorneys general across this nation in removing this president from office. In addition to that, the office of Attorney General will continue to follow the money because we believe that he's engaged in a patent practice of money laundering, laundering the money from foreign governments here in New York State and particularly related to his real estate holdings. It's important that everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end. Okay, understand what is supposed to happen when prosecutors open investigation, they're supposed to have something along the lines of probable cause. This is the New York State, again, not the federal prosecutors. We're talking about them in the next segment. This is New York State Attorney General running on the campaign promise, 
I promise you I'll get Donald Trump. I will find something. I will dig. I'll dig into his business dealings. I'm going to talk to his fourth grade math teacher. I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring down this man. This is not just egregious and offensive generally, but this is a corruption of the idea of the rule of law in America, a corruption of the idea of the use of the prosecutor's office. And so this is just one little example, but her statement, she's doing exactly what she said she would do. This is this This is the determination to find something to bring this man down. This is the same thing Mueller is really doing in his investigation, even though he was charged with the responsibility to investigate whether or not Trump colluded with the Russians. He's now at the point of finding anyone affiliated with President Trump or his campaign or his business people he he had deals with years ago. Anything to bring him down. And Nancy Pelosi, the incoming, I'm very sorry to report, Speaker of the House in uh, the new year in 2019, has promised we will be investigating his business deals. We'll be investigating everything about his, I mean, they're going to be obviously trying to get hold of his tax returns. This is going to be what we're looking at in America for the next two years is an unrelenting, unremitting endless, vicious attack to bring down the president. It's nothing less. It is incumbent on people who believe in our electoral process, who believe in the idea that we are, the American people, are entitled to choose our president and have the president serve his term unless he actually commits a major crime. And back to the statement I mentioned about Stalin's evil assistant, Beria, B-E-R-I-A, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. There is no person in the United States of America, there's no person listening to this show who could survive the scathing investigation, the scathing interview investigation, diving into every aspect of your life, every tax return you ever filed, every uh, bit of litigation you were ever involved in, who could survive if the determination is, we're going to get this person. And this is what we are watching in Washington happening right now. There was a poll out I want to mention that has to do with how divided we are as Americans. And it said the result of this poll, which is apparently a large poll, was, you know, number one was a health care issue. We're going to talk about Obamacare in the next hour. But the first thing was health care. But the second issue of most concern to Americans was how starkly politically divided we are as a country. 78% of voters, they are now either extremely or very concerned about how polarized we are. 75% of Republicans, 72% of independents, 82% of Democrats. I want to hit one other point about this when we come back from the break. But the answer cannot be, as it has been too often in the past, for Republicans to just let the Democrats have their way, let them have Trump, and then they'll stop. Wrong plan. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. When we come back, we're going to talk about more about America doesn't have to be polarized, but we must stand up. Come right back. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, 
is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. Cure's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how Cure works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is among the most serious shows and serious subjects we I have done this show. I've been doing this show four and a half years, and um, there are many interesting topics. But where we sit right now in America, I think, is a truly perilous time. And in part, it's perilous because it isn't just the American left that is determined 
in some way to not just vote against President Trump's agenda, not just vote against the bills he wants, not just to criticize his policy positions. It is to find some way to remove him from office, to find something, whether it is the Mueller investigation uncovering it, whether it's other people that the Mueller investigation has targeted, turning them against President Trump, whether it is this New York State Attorney General who has vowed in her campaign, I'll get this guy. This is and what's we many people in the out here in real worldville watching Washington feel concerned. They think, well, but you know, the Republicans are not known for standing up. In fact, the last really two years, as we've had the majority of um, the U.S. Senate and the House and the White House, we have seen very little progress on the legislative agenda that President Trump put forward, largely because the Republicans don't want to be in the fight. They, they, are, they have not been in the fight on many issues. So now we're facing the Democrats taking over the U.S. House, and we're going to have every single investigation avenue previously available to figure out what happened inside the Department of Justice, what happened inside the FBI, what got us to the point that those agencies actually used a smear piece campaign uh, piece, the dossier put together, funded by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign, used that to get a search warrant, spied on their political enemies using the power of our national, our law enforcement agencies. That's what happened. That is what happened over the last two years. And as on our side, the investigators keep trying to look, the House and Senate committees, the Senate hasn't been real strong, but the House committee has been strong. But once this changes hands in just a few weeks, every investigative avenue will be dropped. And the entire House investigation, the the apparatus of the U.S. House will be turned under the Democrat majority to the effort to destroy President Trump, to find something about him, something about his business dealings, uh, his uh, travels, his, uh, you know, contracts he had, litigation, his taxes, something to get him with to move them toward an impeachment vote. And they realize they're probably not going to get the U.S. Senate to go along with them. But that's okay with them, long as they can further uh, decimate his authority as president. They're fine with that. But I want to hit the things that are going right now, this very week in Washington, truly, deeply troubling for anyone who loves the rule of law in this country. Number one, you all know the, the name Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. He had the briefest stint ever as National Security Advisor to President Trump. He was approached by, he's been on this show, by the way. In fact, he's been on the show a couple times, and I meant to dig up when and go back and hear his interview. He's just a stellar guy. But anyway, so he's in the White House, and very early on, uh, he was questioned by uh, the FBI, essentially relating to a conversation he had uh, with a Russian ambassador, um, uh, or Mr. Kislyak, I think he was an ambassador. Yeah, the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak. So bottom line was... Flynn's being interrogated. At the time he's being interrogated, he doesn't know, America doesn't know, that the FBI has been, through their FISA court warrants, spying on the entire Trump team, recording conversations, and doing what has become the common uh, MO of the Mueller investigation to get someone, which is the perjury trap. So they asked this Lieutenant General Flynn, something about you know his conversation with Kislyak, and he gave an answer. They had their their the transcript, so they knew exactly where the conversation had been. And even the agents interviewing Flynn said, 
I think he was telling the truth. I think he was, you know, he wasn't lying. He was telling his best memory of whatever this conversation was. So here we are today. We're in December of 2018. Flynn has been bankrupted, threatened. His son threatened. His family threatened. Had his, he, has been, he had to sell his house to deal with the legal fees involved in defending himself against this witch hunt Mueller deal. But finally, Flynn may be getting a, a light at the end of the tunnel. He may be getting a small amount of justice. He, the Mueller special counsel's office case against General, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn took a I, the news articles are going a bizarre turn took a great turn uh, in court on Friday when judge Emmett G Sullivan he had asked the Mueller prosecutors for the 302 it is the name of the document that the FBI uses after they interview someone they go back to their office and they write up a 302 saying I asked him he said this I said this he said that they recount the conversation they're supposed to file it in the file within five days so Sullivan hearing all the news reports that the original FBI agent said you know we didn't think he was lying there was a whole basis of pr- prosecuting him was he allegedly lied so Summit uh, Emmett Sullivan had asked the Mueller team to bring the original Form 302 accounts of the interview uh, w- with Flynn from the early days of the Trump administration. And what the Mueller team showed up with instead was a 302 written six months later by the villainous Strzok. I mean, not the original when it was fresh in your mind. Here are the notes of what was said. They did not give the court what they asked for. And Sullivan is one tough cookie. He is not going to put up with this. I think there's a possible light at the end of the tunnel if you, you can't get the DO, the um, the Mueller team to tell the judge, you know, yes, actually, here's the original 302. You're going to have the judge saying, you know what, I don't think so. Now, I don't know what the admins are, whether the judge can just throw the case out, whether the, um, you know, Trump just has to pardon him. But this is, this mindset I'm talking about, this is, we will get Trump at any cost, is what you are watching. And I'm telling you, folks, if they can get a guy like Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, they can get anyone. So the Flynn case is now way up in the air. And there was a uh, just a tremendous, uh, numerous great articles about this. By the way, every article I mentioned on this show, you can go read at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Links to these articles. You need to understand this stuff because a lot of people, if you don't understand, you think, well, Flynn pled guilty. He must have done something wrong. Flynn pled guilty. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, because you can't withstand, no, you talk about can't fight City Hall. You can't fight the Mueller investigation, the massive power and authority of the Department of Justice um, if they decide to get you. So this is, this is a little bit of someone in the system actually fighting back against this astonishingly corrupt bulldog Mueller investigation. Second thing that happened this week, we all became aware that Peter Strzok, the, um, the, uh, FBI guy who is uh, texting back and forth uh, with his woman with whom he's having an affair, um, uh, Lisa Page, texting back and forth. Uh, we learned many things from those text messages as they were revealed when the House and Senate committees were investigating the Mueller um, thing. We saw many times there were these were the text messages where, you know, you were talking about their insurance policy, which was everyone thinks the dossier that if we can't somehow destroy Trump through what we're doing, we'll certainly be able to bring him down with the dossier. These people were inside the FBI being paid by your tax dollars and working hard to destroy a political candidate on one side because they like the other side. This is corruption at its core. So what we learned this week was that Peter Strzok, now gone, as Lisa Page is, 
the Department of Justice, it shouldn't even have that name right now, the Department of Justice destroyed the text messages on Peter Strzok's cell phone before there was the opportunity for the Inspector General to review the phone. They passed the phone on, Strzok leaves, you know, he's out, and so they passed the phone and someone else cleaned the text messages. This is a Department of Justice clearly with something to hide. They had done the same thing with Lisa Page's cell phone. All these text messages, a treasure trove of now undiscoverable text messages destroyed by the Department of Justice. I mean, folks, if they did this, if we, America, were watching this happen in some third world banana republic, we'd be saying, that is outrageous. I cannot believe they don't have a rule of law that they can't bring this guy under control. This is a, this is truly outrageous. And that's what's happening. Third outrage of the week, before we get to the break, is this. So when Jeff Sessions was still attorney general, he appointed a special U.S. attorney named Huber from Arizona or Colorado or something, someone who wasn't in Washington, to look into whether or not the investigation of Hillary and her her abuse of the email system, her endangering of national security secrets, Hillary's conduct was adequately and fairly investigated by the Department of Justice, by the FBI. Was there a sufficient investigation? And in 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 connection to that was, was there a basis to say that the uh Hillary Clinton, the allegations that she was, as Secretary of State, uh, engaging in pay-to-play, taking donations to the Clinton Foundation, uh, and then in turn protecting those people in her role or helping them and giving them favors. So that guy, Huber, who's now hit the result of what he did in part was he's actually had three whistleblowers from Clinton Foundation come forward to say, let us tell you what's really happening. Huber this week announced he won't be testifying. In a few weeks, when the Democrats run Congress, they'll never ask him again. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. If you're on Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. Come back right after this. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy 
organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out CenterForSecurityPolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty... From free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I am a little bit wound up tonight. Um, I can't quite read the Facebook comments. First of all, if you're listening on radio, thank you for listening. I love talking to you every week. This is the fastest and funnest two hours of my week. Love doing this radio show. Love talking with you. I love interactions with our guests or with our listeners. You can always email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. And I feel like I'm continually finding new ways that listeners have reached out to me and I didn't know it. Um, I had someone call me and say, you know, uh, or or, uh, email me and said, I sent you something on, and it was some app. I didn't even know I was on that app. So I love hearing from listeners. It's best to email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. It's also great to um, put a message on Facebook. I try to respond to people. Love the messages and notifications. I'm going to turn back. I want to um, keep on this topic tonight because in this next couple of years, we are going to watch the effort of the House, the Democrat-led House, U.S. House, do everything conceivable, find every conceivable way to destroy President Trump. And I'm going to talk about... um, 
you know, the ways that they're trying to do that and why we're going to have to be our job as patriots, as Americans, is to give the Republicans who are in the House and the Republicans who still hold the majority in the Senate, they need to hear from us day by day. They need to hear us. We want you to stand up. Don't you let them do this because this is contorting. And, you know, I'm going to get to the things that Trump's accused of in this segment. We're going to talk about that. We're going to contrast it with things we know happened and no prosecution occurred, no impeachment occurred, nothing happened. And it's important to keep these in mind because I am not claiming President Trump is a perfect guy. And I don't think anyone who voted for him thought they were voting for a Boy Scout. They knew they were voting for a New York City billionaire, you know, kind of a, a live day, live a billionaire kind of wild guy lifestyle. Okay, people knew that. Maybe it wasn't their model citizen that they would, you know, hold up for their children, but they knew what he was and they were fine with it. And they wanted the astoundingly, astoundingly, exceptionally important things that Trump brought out in the campaign. They wanted to see him do these things. They wanted to see him secure the border. They actually meant it about secure the border, not just blather about securing the border. They actually wanted him to try to fix Obamacare, which he did not accomplish, but he tried. And, you know, that actually the Republicans in the U.S. House and Senate could not get their act together. We're going to talk about the uh, judge's decision striking down Obamacare uh, as unconstitutional. A Texas federal court judge, a little bit dangerous for us. You might think be thinking, yay, not not necessarily yay. Could be very dangerous for uh, the next few years. But I want to go back to what's happening to Trump and what is incumbent on people to do who understand what is happening to him. Um, the next thing is that there is a um, the, a inaug- the, uh, an investigation. This is not by the you know DOJ in Washington, but it is by the federal prosecutors, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, who say they're investigating whether President Trump's 2017 inaugural committee, the committee that created the inauguration events, uh, misspent some of the money that they raised. They raised 107 million dollars from donations. And they're investigating whether the inaugural committee misspent some of that money. And in particular, they're talking about whether or not the uh, inaugural committee uh, somehow either President Trump gave access to some people in response to donations they made. Um, they're, they're saying it's in the early stage, but giving money in exchange for political favors could be a crime. Uh, diverting funds from the organization, which was registered as a nonprofit, could be a crime. They claim the investigation is happening. The Trump people say, we haven't heard anything from them yet. But, and I'm not, to be really clear, I think that the laws matter. We, to, if you, ha- you can't have rule of law without laws. And you have to enforce the laws or else they don't matter. But the idea that from every angle when President Trump says the time he took office, from every angle, he is somehow being attacked by his committee, people affiliated with him, his supporters. And so I just want to make some, uh, you know, kind of run through the things that they're now talking about. They think they can get President Trump for and what they're trying um, trying to do. Uh, One is there's an allegation that Mueller is going to claim that President Trump lied. It's a crime, even if you're not under penalty of perjury, uh, if you lie to the FBI, uh, that's a, a, fe- a felony, and it should be. So there is a claim that f- that Trump lied when he said he didn't know about a certain meeting at the Trump Tower prior to its happening. Now, nothing at the meeting was illegal. The meeting, in fact, appears to have been a setup because the Russian lawyer sitting in that meeting with Trump Jr. at Trump Tower 
met with the Fusion GPS Glenn Simpson guy the day before the meeting. There's the Russian lawyer met with Glenn Simpson the day before, met with him the day after. You know, it, it seems like it was a setup. But whether Trump knew about it or not, he apparently said in some answer he didn't know about it. And if he did, therefore he lied to the FBI. Well, let me just... Jimmy just contrasts it. So I, I don't know whether Trump knew. I don't even know what he answered. But the idea that that would be the basis to possibly consider bringing down the president. Let me make some comparisons. In a June report by the Justice Department, the Inspector General Horowitz, Inspector General job and every agency is to, you know, be kind of the outside, not part of the agency to investigate what's happening, keep tabs on things. The Inspector General for the Justice Department, Michael Horowitz, on the investigating on the FBI's handling of the Clinton email investigation. The Inspector General said in his public report, we can all read, said that there were witnesses who lied in their interviews with the FBI about the Clinton email investigation. They actually had statements by the agents in recounted in the inspector general report saying one conversation between an agent and another fbi employee not assigned the investigation the employee asked the agent how's the interview going he says how's the investigation going the uh the agent answers awesome lied his you know backside off went and then you know he recounts all the lies This FBI agent is recounting all the lies he knows this Clinton-supporting witness in the Clinton email investigation told him. He said, oh, yeah, lied, 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 lied. And then he even joked, wouldn't it be funny if he was the only guy we'd charge in this deal? And then they had, and they talked about Section 101, making false statements. Um, Anyway, they went on and on. This is openly knowing that this person lied to them on something more substantive, which we never have gotten to the bottom of, and I guess maybe never will. The Clinton email, oh, they never want to surrender on that. Okay, next point. Well, people are about this Michael Cohen thing, because Michael Cohen, president's lawyer, uh, paid off through Trump's personal money, not taxpayers' money, not campaign money, but Cohen paid off two women or arranged payments to two women who uh, were silenced. It was hush money. So they would not come forward and tell their story about their alleged uh, alliances, uh, liaisons with President Trump. So this is being touted as a, first of all, we've been through this in the show so many times. I'm not going to go through it again tonight. It's not a violation of federal campaign finance laws. And, and you know, it's it's just, it's not. It's uh, You can read Mark Levin's long legal piece on it. But, you know, the idea of paying someone to be quiet, uh, and in fact, a former head of the Federal Election Commission has said, no, that's not, didn't you didn't have to report that payment. But I want to get at what they're really trying to say about Trump is, well, geez, but he paid, this, paid these people off. What a low life. Let me explain something. Just, just to contrast again, what doesn't get reported and isn't ever compared to what is being, I mean, Trump is on the, in the headlights. He's just, you know, he's, uh, he's, on the, he's just, the, the lights are glaring at him, trying to, anything he did to take him down. There have been more, by contrast, there have been more than 260 settlements costing more than $17 million of taxpayer money, paid a silent slush fund out of Congress, a slush fund to silence people so our elected members of Congress can avoid being held responsible for their egregious misbehavior sexually. These are, we're talking about your tax dollars. Trump didn't spend your tax dollars 
your tax dollars paying off people. In fact, there's one very highly placed Democrat. Everyone knows his name. Now, is it a very... uh, What's a good word? Small and um, very a very insider meeting recently where one Democrat you know well. I won't say the name yet. See if it ever comes out. But he apparently this taxpayer slush fund to silence people who complain about conduct, sexual misconduct. They had to pay off a 19 year old boy because of the conduct of a male member of Congress. So this idea that Trump should be brought down as president. For paying his own money to get people to stop talking or to you know, try to in- inspire them not to speak at all um, is a uh, is just egregious. The last thing I want to hit in this segment, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to do this in a few weeks and have another a new guest uh, join me. She actually she's been on before, but um, Sydney Powell is a former U.S. attorney. She's a just stellar, brilliant author. Wrote License to Lie. Can't not encourage you strongly enough to read License to Lie. She's saying we need an independent prosecutorial abuse panel funded by Congress, not inside Department of Justice, to review prosecutorial abuse of discretion with authority to bring about uh, crimes or accusation of crimes and disbarment. Mueller ought to be number one on that list. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk on Facebook Live. Come back in four minutes. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. 
nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dream. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. Don't you just love the music for my show? It's like the best. It's just fabulous music. Um, and, and just fits the theme of my show. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. If you've listened before, uh, thank you for tuning in again. If you don't, uh, if this is your first time, especially watching on Facebook Live or listening, um, I love talking with you every week about preserving this precious, extraordinary country that is America. It's our job. It's the job of every patriot and every generation to be part of defending the unique greatness of America. And a lot of what I was saying in the earlier in this show, um, I'm defending President Trump. I should be clear. I did not support him in the primary. I happen to support uh, our, our U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, um, but I will say, President Trump. What I what I love about what he ran on and became was he's really kind of extra. He's outside of the party system. I mean, he's not really just rah rah Republican and anti Democrat. What he ran on are things he he awakened in people and re-inspired people this idea that you that America is a unique extraordinary country that it is okay to preserve it to protect it to to pass policies and put policies in place that bring jobs here that that inspire people to work hard and be part of the American dream he did you know and he talked about the border that the border matters he's been standing up for America's interest in the international scene he's been reasserting the unique good greatness of America and this is uh, it has resonated with so many people it's also making many people in Washington completely insane 
insane can hardly stand that that he's doing what he's doing and honestly he's accomplished so much in two years with virtually no help from the republicans um in congress and you know the things that he's done with respect to reduction of um the um regulation actually using the law that permits them to get rid of regulations uh that didn't we didn't they didn't follow the right policy and getting passed he's just he he's done so much and i think there's just a uh there's a uh a heartland America love for what he's doing that caught and, and what he's standing for and his reassertion of America's greatness that people are saying, okay, you know, well, I don't like his personal life. He's, you know, and, and, and I think what they're kind of getting around to is, okay, I got to put his personality aside. He's not, you know, he's, uh, I don't care for some of his tweets. I don't care for every word he ever says, but they see that he loves his country. And they see what he's saying and talking about and trying to do is to preserve and protect America. And it's not just the American left that is working hard to fight him. It's not just the left. It is many in the establishment swamp, to use the word he chose so well, uh, in Washington who don't want the status quo disrupted, who don't like the idea that he is undoing the power of the federal government. He's pushing back on this overreaching federal government, that he's putting America's interests first above those of uh, many of large corporate interests. He's putting America first. And this is, uh, I mean, I, it's a it's a refreshing thing for this country. And he's actually, in other countries in Europe, he is reigniting those countries, the leadership of some in those countries, to say, yeah, we, we want to reassert ourselves too. We don't want to have European Union telling us what we have to do. Just like in America, we don't want the United Nations telling us what we have to do. We defend and assert our country. So um, I, I'm just, you know, I, to be clear, I, I can't, I'm not a defender of everything he ever does, but I think that this is, this is a, a ghastly uh, farce that is being, this entire Mueller investigation, the endless effort to look into every every person he's ever touched, every deal he ever was involved in, and this is a farce, making a farce of the criminal justice system. In fact, I hear people talking about the idea we almost have to shut down the Department of Justice and start over. The layers of people inside the Department of Justice so committed to the swamp, to the Obama agenda, to the socialist, radical leftist agenda that was Obama's agenda, it's hard to clean that place out. It's hard to do that. So he, he's got a, a big um, job ahead of him, but there you go. I also want to mention, um, before I get into what I really want to talk about this uh, segment, which is Blexit, which is the... Um it's a play on when Britain left the European Union, they had the Brexit, the British exit. Blexit is the black exit from the Democrat Party. And there's a great, great clip I'm going to play for you in just a moment. Uh, a guy who explained why, a, a really articulate young black guy who's explaining why he's leaving. But before I do that, I want to mention my show, America Can We Talk, is sponsored by GC Works. I could not do the show without them. GC Works is a Dallas based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Couldn't do the show without them. I also want to mention, if there's a first time listening, that on the, our fa- if you're listening on radio and you're on Facebook, 
go to our Facebook page, America Can We Talk. We have great topics. We have discussions. We have stories up. I love the commentary. Happy to get involved. I just feel like part of the responsible citizen thing to do is to speak up and be involved in the American political conversation. So I love doing that. I do a podcast also. I do a podcast on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central Time right here on Facebook Live. So if you're listening on radio but you get home, you can watch on Facebook Live, uh, watch the show there every week, and you can watch the podcast. And I also uh, have a great, great YouTube channel. I'm saying it's great. I didn't make it. I have a wonderful helper and assistant who's wonderful, and she made it. But our Facebook, our, um, our YouTube channel is America Can We Talk? And I've got to put in Debbie George Addis, and you can find it there. And all the old interviews, the first fives, all sorts of things from the show are there, right there on our YouTube channel. And on Twitter, at Debbie Can We Talk. Okay, now I want to turn to Blexit. To start with, to say that Blexit was a term, the first person I heard use it was Candace Owens, who's actually going to be in Dallas tomorrow speaking. She's pretty darn stellar. Uh, and she she coined this phrase, Blexit. And she's really been talking, as a recovering Democrat, she's been talking about how she came to realize when President Trump came to power that the Democrat Party had done nothing to actually help black America. They just talk about helping black America. And she talks about the idea that people should not feel like they're supposed to kowtow to whatever the Democrats tell you to think simply because of your skin color or because your grandmother said so or because the people who live in your street tell you how to vote. That the beauty of America and the beauty of her message, Candace Owens and many others, is that the inspiration is think for yourself Read for yourself. Learn for yourself. So first I want to play. This is a guy who did this. There's a website, Blexit. I think it's Blexit.com. Yeah. B-L-E-X-I-T. Blexit.com. You can go there and read all sorts of, uh, and hear all sorts of people's kind of testimonies about it. The uh, in, the kind of tagline on the Blexit.com website is, Blexit is fueled by individuals who are questioning political dogma and choosing freedom over tyranny, these are their stories. And here I want to play this one guy who's, I think, one of their uh, central guys there, um, David Harris. Here's his video on Blexit. I am a part of something absolutely amazing and beautiful, the black community. The black community in this country shares a camaraderie and a bond where I can travel almost anywhere in the country. And just seeing another black American, I can get a head nod and give one in return that just says, you're my brother, you're my sister. That bond has been under attack. I believe that we have allowed something to creep into the hearts and minds of black Americans around this country that chooses to say, if you don't think the way I do, you're no longer my brother, you're no longer my sister. That saddens me. It saddens me to think that black Americans have allowed ourselves to divide ourselves and ostracize ourselves based on our beliefs. I am a conservative and I'm not a conservative because my mother or my father told me to be. I'm a conservative because of what conservative values stand for. And I am so excited to see so many other black Americans wake up to the revelation that they don't have to think the way their mothers, their fathers, their aunts, their uncles, or their cousins all told them that they had to think that they can choose to think for themselves. I'm a part of Blexit, which is a family of black Americans that choose to say, I can think for myself and I will love my black brothers and sisters regardless of what their political beliefs are. Blexit is an awakening of the minds of black Americans that I think, that I believe 
will change the face of America forever. It's a movement of love and of understanding and of thought. It's a movement that says, I can choose to think and believe how I want to based on my own research, and I will choose to love my brothers and sisters regardless. I am so excited for what I see taking place in the hearts and minds of black Americans around the country. An awakening has started and blacks are exiting from the monolithic thought that has kept us in chains and bondage for far too long. I am David J. Harris Jr. and I am a part of Blexit. Okay, I hope that you are standing up and cheering or if you're driving, pull over, stand up and clap. That guy, his video, he's one of the featured ones there and I think he actually might have a podcast he does at home. I'm not sure, but I think maybe. Anyway, what he just said, I mean, I hope that millions and millions of black Americans listen to that just with the idea of recognizing how much the Democrat Party, the left wing mindset in this country has told people because of the skin color you happen to be born with, the only political home you can have is in the Democrat Party. And that, and he alludes to it, but many black conservatives feel mocked, ridiculed, isolated when they speak up and say, but I don't think I'm really a liberal. I don't think I'm a Democrat. I think I'm conservative. I think I'm a Republican. This is a, this is a uh, death knell to the death grip that the Democrat Party has had on the black vote in this country for generations that there has been a, a sense that the Democrat Party, Nancy Pelosi says it in speeches. She says it on, on, on her websites. I, don't know, I mean, currently, but she used to list them, that the Democrat Party is the home for, you know, black Americans and for women and for uh, uh, Hispanic Americans and for Native Americans and for Asians. She tries to claim people because of a physical characteristic they did not choose their race, their ethnicity, their national origin, or their gender, tries to say, because you happen to be born with that characteristic, you're a Democrat, and you, and you belong to us. And then, it's not just that she claims you belong to us, but tremendous pressure throughout America on people who are being told by their peers, by their people in their uh, particular race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, you know, well, of course, you have to be Democrat because, after all, you, you have this skin color. You have this. And, and and the idea that this guy, what David Harris is saying, what Candace Owens has been pushing, is saying, no, actually, you're better than that. You're allowed to think for yourself. You should process facts. You should read. You should think and then come to your conclusions. I mean, if this takes hold in the next two years in the way that Candace Owens, David Harris, and others want it to take hold with all the energy they're bringing to it, it will force the Democrat Party for the first time in decades to explain why their horrible, big government, government assistance, dependency-creating, entrepreneurial spirit-crushing policies should get any votes at all. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Come back on Facebook Live after four minutes and talk to